Heidi, so you, the, one of these Yahoo questions was, will the MIB erase my memory if I see a space alien? And you said, we have no way of knowing. But maybe you would know because that's what your migraines are. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, someone maybe, like zapping you. Maybe that's the, oh, the MIB side showed of up. It. Yeah, so you know how so migraines. It all started last summer. Did you? Mm. And then you can't it's remember all a blur. why though. What? Mm. Yeah. And you know what? All of my experiments have suddenly just started failing. Totally not because of me. No, it's, it's totally the aliens, not my fault, obviously. obviously. Yeah. Welcome to Cinema Science, a podcast in which we interview professors, professionals, and graduate students using pop culture references as a talking point. We'll discuss the science behind your favorite movies, games, and TV shows. Each episode will feature a new topic and guest who will answer questions from you guys, our wonderful listeners. I'm Heidi, and today I'm here with Anne. Hi. Hey, Anne. How are you doing? Oh, you crushed it. I crushed it. <laughs> doing good. <Take> doing, <laughs> doing well, actually. Thank you. Damn it, now I have to re-record it again, Anne. No. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Oh, okay. Um, and today we have Ari with us. Hi. So you are a grad student, right? Yes, I'm a graduate student. I'm a, I'm a third, almost fourth graduate student oh, in yeah. the computer science program. Uh-huh. Yeah, can you tell us a little bit about your research? Okay, so I basically work with these little animals known as zebrafish that are transparent when they are young, and so we can basically see at how their neurons communicate with each other, and we do that while we make them go through several different behaviors like learning and memory and social behaviors so that we know specifically how those neurons connect and uh, how those, the activity of those neurons lead to those behaviors. Well, that's really fancy. I don't know. Really yeah. <laughs> no, that's really awesome. Cool. And so speaking of memories, today we're going to talk about Men in Black, which is a movie that we all watched when we were kids in the classic. 90s. It's such a, sleep, a good movie. A sleepover classic. Yeah, sleepover classic. <laughs> a go-to movie. Is, yeah. <laughs> and which I can say that has not aged well. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> No, no, tell us that already. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe it's just better left in our memories. Yeah. It's, it's good as a pop culture movie, but for sure. you know, if you guys don't want to watch it again, I understand. <laughs> yeah, for sure, that's understandable. So it has actually been a while since I've seen the movie. I think you too, Anne, right? Yeah, could you give us just kind of a quick run through to refresh? Yeah, I mean, I guess the main gist of the movie is that there's this organization known as Men in Black, which is like a totally off the grid organization that they basically try to work with um, managing uh, aliens that live in the planet and so they basically if people see aliens and they're not supposed to they use this like neuralizer thingy to erase their memories and to kind of manage the bad aliens to take them off the planet and to keep the good aliens in the planet and things like that um, and yeah like the movie specifically it has this like 
newbie Men in Black dude, which is Will Smith's character, <laughs> and then it has this other rogue character, which I forget what the actor's name is. Oh but gosh, Tommy, <laughs> Tommy Lee, Tommy Lee Jones, Jones, Jones. Jones. yes, Jones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's that's the name of the guy. Is J or K? I can't remember. It doesn't matter. They uh, each have I letters. Think K is yeah, I think it's K, and okay. Will Smith is J. I oh, okay. Think. They erase their like identities and everything. Oh, is that why? I was like, these are the dumbest names for <laughs> characters. But still, they couldn't just have a proper name. Right. Like, I, 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 only honestly, letters. Yeah. <laughs> or like a cool secret agent name. Yeah. I know. Like yeah, they just have these like sure. Yeah, dumb sure. dumb rules in the organization and like. Like in this one movie, there's just this alien that is like a bug kind of thing, and he like kills this one guy and uses him his body to steal stuff and he wants to get this galaxy which ends up being in like the color of this cat which is a mm -hmm. twist that is super easy to see but you know they're like here's the galaxy and then the, the camera pans to the color of the cat and it's like alright oh. that's <laughs> see if you're yeah. an 8 year old Heidi in the 90s you would not figure that it's, out it's yeah. true but like it's I think it took me a good couple of watches when no, I was a little I mean, kid to be like, oh, Orion's belt. <laughs> the cat's name's Orion. Right. Sorry, it's in Orion's yeah, belt. You're absolutely right. Yeah, as an yeah. adult, <laughs> I would figure that out. No, no, but I mean, it's <laughs> it's still a pretty fun movie. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So yeah. It's, it's a classic. So. Cool. And so, like, one of the, I guess, big things on this movie is the humans don't know that they're among aliens, right? Right, because, like, the aliens, like are in these either like robot suits that are that look like humans or like can morph into human looking things or hmm. they look weird but nobody noticed that they are like <laughs> walking all strange like the bug okay, dude. Okay. But like <laughs> Well it's just Frank walking down the street again. Yeah, yeah, like it's just Frank. like your your normal talking pug. Like yeah, you know normal human things. Yeah. <laughs> Oh gosh! But if you are a smart enough human to figure it out, or like if you see an alien on accident, I guess the Men in Black show up and zap your memory. Right, that and right? do that. Okay. And then, and I feel like that's that thing is like the most iconic thing from the movie. Mm -hmm. Like so much so that I feel like other shows have sometimes like used parodies of that thing mm -hmm. yeah. to do that. Like I like. For instance, like I recently watched The Incredibles 2, which is pretty awesome. <laughs> oh, and they also have that. a thing to like erase memories because like, oh, I saw superheroes and they do that too. Yeah. And I feel like that's an allusion to that movie as well. And yeah. Like that was like an iconic scene, like like in their suits, sunglasses. Right. And then, and then, like, then zap like, them. you saw nothing. And, yeah. Like, you know. So that, that thing is called the Neuralizer, right? Yes. Okay. So the idea behind it is that it can erase memories, is that correct? Right, yeah. It's that like they flash like a red light and that it can erase memories, but it also they also imply that they can implant false memories and that they can retrieve, like they can erase them, but then they can also like bring them back. Okay. They they don't show that in the first movie, but they imply it at the end. I hmm. see. Which is like they have like three buttons or something. And, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I guess that kind of jumps us into the science of men in black, or lack thereof, I guess <laughs> we'll find out. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's a lot of research going on that has to do with memory. I know you said that you were looking at learning a memory for some of your research as well. I just want to start off at like a higher level of how is memory defined? Do we even know in neuroscience what memory is? 
So on the neuroscience, the more neurobiological level, the long, the short answer is we don't know, but it's basically thought that there are some networks of, of neurons that get strengthened. So like their communication between one another becomes stronger upon the, uh, the experience of a particular event or of a particular thing. Those are called engrams. Yeah, so they're like lasting biophysical and chemical changes in the, in the brain in response to specific stimulus. You can think of it as a memory trace of sorts. But uh, as again, it's, it's, that's, that's thought, and there are some um, studies that are looking at specifically how do neurons get, uh, do neurons, how do memories get formed and stored? They're looking at specific brain areas, they're looking at specific genes that may get turned on to strengthen the synaptic connections and the these neuronal networks. But it's, it's a work in progress currently. We don't know nearly as much as we should because memories are just so complex and it depends on how you look at them. Right. So you mentioned that scientists are currently studying a couple areas of the brain. Can you elaborate on what some of those areas are? Like, Yeah, totally. So they're uh, one of the main brain regions that is associated with memories, specifically with the uh, encoding and the storage of memories, is the hippocampus. And this actually was known from a very early on time. There was this one guy who had seizures, so they removed all of it, their uh, hippocampus, and or part of it at least. The seizures stopped, but then they found out that this patient, which is known as HM, uh, wasn't able to, um, they, they, they weren't able to uh, encode new memories. So basically they, they knew previous events, but they weren't able to, to hmm. collect new information. And so this, this and other similar lesion studies that were then found associated this brain region with, with the encoding of, of new memories. Um, so that's, that's one of the main regions that is being studied. But one, one thing in neuroscience is that there is not just one region that is associated with a, with a behavior, with a process. There's, there's a network of, of, of brain areas. For, for example, there's also a, a region in what's known as the limbic system of the brain, which is associated more with um, em- emotional processing, known as, as as the amygdala, and that region is more associated with with the emotional component of memories. So, usually, um, memories have the tendency that if they are more emotionally salient, then you tend to remember them better. Uh, so, for instance, in, in the case, going back to like Men in Black, if mm-hmm. you like are just walking down the street eating a hot dog, you're probably going to forget that. But if you see an alien <laughs> walking down the street, you yeah. probably have a strong fear reaction to it, and you probably won't forget that, but you might forget that you ate hot dogs. So. It depends on how good that hot dog is, though. I, I mean, know. it depends on how good it is, right? Maybe the hot dog is the yeah. alien. Salient, it'd be pretty hard to forget the fact you saw an alien. That's though. true. <laughs> Definitely salient, I would think. Yeah, that's true, yeah. <laughs> Going back to HM, it's a really interesting story about this individual who lost his ability to create new memories. Was he able to retrieve old memories? He, and um, Yeah, he, he was. So actually, I forget how old he was. I think he was like 20-something. Mm-hmm. And he always thought he was that age. So he remembered up to a little bit prior to when he, was, um, he had the surgery. And so he always thought that he 
had been 20 years old and he just woke up and was only like an 80 year old man right oh, wow. so he could he could remember things it's it's similar to this like 21st 51st dates movie it's kind of the same concept if people have seen that <laughs> yeah 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 so so that's interesting because you said that he has issues encoding new mm-hmm. memories but he had already encoded those old memories so can you right. elaborate a bit more about what encoding means yeah so um so memory basically has three main components. So the first would be encoding, which is basically just processing what we are looking in the, at the outside world or all of our different, uh, through all of our different senses, like vision, touch, smell, etc. Um, and so we, we process that and we uh, basically encode it to, to select the more uh, salient stuff for us. Like for, uh, and then, and then that, that's how like a memory starts to get formed. Uh, we like transform the things we see and put them into our brains, basically. Um, and that's um, and then the the second part is the storage of those things that we have processed and and are encoding. So the the storage of memories, um, they are that's what mostly what the hippocampus is responsible for. It's like the 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 bridge between encoding new things and then storing them for at least for for a short amount of time. Um, so that's that's basically what what keeps the things that we see in our in our brains in a, in a sense. Mm. There is the retrieving portion of memories, which is basically getting the information that we already have out of our storage, and then uh, that's when we actually recall the things that we have. And so, in the case of HM, he wasn't able to connect what he saw day to day in the world with an actual storing process to store those memories, specifically to, to store what is called explicit memories or, so, or declarative memories, which is basically your knowledge of specific episodes, like, oh, today I ate a hot dog kind of things. But he could actually form memories that are called as implicit memories, which are or non-declarative, which basically are things like walking or riding a bike, things that you don't really that are more of a motion and practice type of memory, but you don't really think about them. Like you, if somebody asks you, oh, can you explain me the, the process of how to walk? Like you, it might be a little bit even hard to, to put it in words. You just do it. And so he was able to, to have those because there's another brain region known as the cerebellum that's more involved on those type of memories. Uh, while the hippocampus is more in, involved on the declarative and explicit type of memories. So I was just thinking, so HM essentially can learn things and then the next day they've been erased from his brain, yeah. essentially, for a declarative memories. Is that right? Yeah, well, even, even it's not even like for a whole day. I, I, like it, it's, it's even for mm. a shorter period of time than that. Like, for instance, like if, if they had this um, psychologist or this uh, therapist, I guess, that was with, them, with, with him for years, uh, and if the therapist was in the room talking with, with HM, but then the therapist left and then came back, you, usually HM had no idea who he was. I, I don't know exactly what the amount of time it was until he forgot things or not, but but it definitely was even less than a day. Okay, but it's like he had, like in the Men in Black, how they have the neuralizer. It was right, like a like neuralizer right effect. <laughs> sort yeah. of. Like if he had seen an alien, he wouldn't have been able to tell people. because. Right. The memory would have been erased, right? <laughs> and like they they never really explained what part of the memory is is erased. Like as a neuroscientist, I was like, oh, I wonder exactly how they do it. Like, do they 
do they prevent the like retrieval of the memory, which is like the part after it has been stored in the brain, but you just can't access it. But if you like click another button or whatever, you're able to actually retrieve that memory. <laughs> like, is it it's just like a blocked pathway or do they actually like erase the memory that has been stored? Yeah, or they prevent them from encoding it or something. Yeah, yeah like yeah. I, I was thinking like maybe, because there are um, studies that have and, and a theory on, on memory that has shown that um, memories are pretty vulnerable. Like they, they, when they're stored, they're pretty um, strengthened. But when they are retrieved, they become vulnerable to be uh, weakened or, or changed or even strengthened more during the process of retrieval. So like maybe they, uh, like I noticed in the movie that they ask people to, to tell them the event of the alien and then use the neuralizer to to modify their memory. So maybe they have to be in that like weakened memory state or whatever okay. to be able to erase it. Yeah. But, Isn't that part of the reason why witness testimony is unreliable? Because yeah. it can be manipulated. Yeah. It's, and I think that's actually a really interesting topic. Uh, like sometimes like maybe they saw somebody on a green shirt but if they ask like oh yeah so did you see the man on the red shirt they're like oh yeah i think i think the guy had a red shirt and then they remember it being uh, a red shirt because the memory is like malleable yeah yeah huh so i guess i was wondering um it sounds like scientists we already know a little bit about memory but but can we actually like erase memories like in men in black can we just like <laughs> put on our sunglasses and zap a mouse and have him forget a maze or in, something. So in a, in a sense, yes, obviously not as intricate as it's shown in, in Men in Black, but there are studies where actually uh, they have been able to both um, erase and implant false memories on a mouse using light. Um, so there is this technique known as optogenetics, where basically they can make specific sets of neurons sensitive to light and basically activate them when specific uh, light frequency sh is shown upon the neurons. Unlike men in black, it doesn't—it's not like the, the mouse just sees the light and the neurons get activated. There's a little bit more complicated than that. They have to insert it in the area of the brain that they want to activate. Um, so basically, they have done things where first teach a mouse to associate a specific neutral stimulus such as a uh, sound or a pattern on the floor or something like that with an aversive stimulus, something that the mouse doesn't like. Uh, and so that eventually, even when the aversive stimulus is no longer present, the mouse will uh, flinch whenever the sound or the specific context that that um, stimulated that reaction is there, even if that stimulus is no longer there. Um, and so they first train the mouse. And so basically imagine there's a sound and the mouse flinches. Um, and then they use this, uh, op this optogenetics technique to, to basically, they, they first look at which neurons are the ones that get uh, activated and, and strengthened when, this, when the mouse uh, hears the tone, which uh, it, they associated with it being retrieving or it having the, the memory. And so they detect which neurons are active. Uh, and then they use this uh, fancy technique, this fancy virus to basically make those neurons um, sensi sensitive to light. And then they use light to either uh, weaken those neurons. And so basically, if they do, do use light to weaken those neurons, 
and the, uh, the connections between specific, those specific activated neurons. Then when the mouse is placed on that context, if they hear the, the sound, they're going to be walking just fine, not remembering that there was this, this aversive stimulus that was going to happen. But you have a control mouse that doesn't have those uh, light-sensitive neurons and you shine light on them, they're going to still flinch. Um, so, so they have been able to do that. And there's other studies in which, in which they have also trained the mice, so they associate a, like the specific noise with aversive stimulus as well. They see again with that, which neurons are active. And then they put the mouse on a different context that is not, uh, and it's not going to be the sound, so it's something else. It's just a neutral case or something. And then they make those neurons light sensitive, the ones that got active before for the previous uh, context. They activate those neurons and then the mouse, it, it causes the mouse to flinch, misremembering that that new context is, is going to be associated with the aversive stimulus. So it's basically creating a false memory in a sense because they are going to misremember and be like, oh, this thing that that caused me something that I didn't like is going to happen because I, I, I somehow think that it's going to happen even though it's not on a different context. I mean, of, of course, that's, um, it, it, we cannot ask the mouse, oh, you know, do, do you, are you actually associating this with a memory? Or, <laughs> you know, it's, it's more, um, it's, it's more simplified in a way than, than that. So it's not as elaborate as like what the man in black thing does, which is just uh, eliminates like a really, really big declarative memory, but we can still manipulate uh, memories with light. So it sounds like if men in black actually want to erase these memories of aliens, they have to implant their people right. with a specific targeted probe. Right. <laughs> That's for the engram of yes. seeing for that an alien. Yeah, for that specific exactly. engram. So they need to know yeah, which neurons were active when you saw the alien. Yeah. Now we're going to decrease their activity. Right. Or inhibit. To make you forget. Yeah. Oh, it sounds a bit more complicated than yeah. just shining a light. Which that's is why not, it sounds really sketchy. In Men in Black, they just throw on their sunglasses. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's the end of preparation, basically. I know. Yeah, and like, in reality, it's it's way more complicated than, than that. Because even though you can manipulate things with light, in the, like, quote-unquote, you don't just shine the light and the mouse, see, like, mouse sees it. And then, right. oh, those neurons are yeah. active. You actually have to to be more sophisticated than that. Right. And that's something that you can't do on a human in many black, you know? Yeah. This is a very, like, reoccurring theme in our podcast, though, of a cool idea in a movie really is, like, a tiny sliver of it is what a grad student spends, like, six years yeah, trying right? to get to work. Right. Just the optogenetics alone in a mouse is, like, a mm -hmm. whole project. Right. So yeah. the idea that you could just flick, like, put your sunglasses on and flick a light, that would be... I mean, men in, cool. men in black are pretty secret society, though. There's probably an alien race that introduced well, that technology yeah, to them. That's true. And it's, like, non-falsifiable. Just because we say <laughs> men in black true. don't exist... That's true. ...doesn't yeah. mean they, they don't exist. They probably told us to say that. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty true. There's a whole... Pro you can't, like say for sure if they have this technology of erasing memories. Yeah, that's very so. true. 
I feel like they are pretty mean by not sharing that technology yeah. with scientists. You know? <laughs> yeah, there's a grad student who would love that. Yeah. <laughs> Just working away at their stupid, like, mouse. Right, yeah. <laughs> like, like, mouse-aversive, <laughs> different context experiment. And they're like, no, dude, just yeah, yeah. push this button. Thing. Or what if grad students have figured it out, but then they come back, or the men in black show up, and mm. they erase their memory of mm. that project they ran. And then oh, that's the so poor sad. grad student. Yeah, maybe <laughs> Why am I here for 10 years? That's so sad. Yeah, they've stolen it from us. That's what it is. <laughs> that's what it is. That's the truth. <laughs> Our technology's been used and <laughs> stolen from us and used for evil. That's so well, sad. Not evil, I guess they're the good one, the good guys. Yeah, I guess. I guess it comes down to what you define as. They're still pretty sketchy people, though. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> and like, why is it such a big? Sorry, we're getting off the topic of memory, but I'm just thinking more about the movie. Why is it such a big deal if humans know aliens exist? I, I never understood because that. That was the premise, right? Like yeah. humans must not ever see an alien. So, like, apparently, like, the way they justify it is that they say that it's too much for people to take. And, like, they would have, like, a mental breakdown or whatever. But, like, (laughs) but there are characters throughout the movie that see the aliens and they're like, oh, I guess this this person, it's in my operating table, was an alien all along. And they're completely fine with that. (laughs) That would be far more, we're talking about emotional memories. That would be far more salient. Yeah, exactly. I would be much more traumatized by a human I thought was a human face falling off and yeah. it being an alien. And it has a little alien thing <laughs> yeah. talking. Or yeah, like, and yeah. this tiny little head or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Like, that's pretty damn cool. Yeah, yeah. I just I could just take a class and be like, everyone be chill, they're aliens now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I don't know, maybe to prevent like how do you call it like xenophobia or something oh, maybe I just, yeah they <laughs> that knew that we wouldn't be chill with it yeah like, we've already proven we're not yeah we it. failed time and yeah. time again on that maybe, maybe that's what happened maybe people knew they were aliens and they like screwed up being yeah dumb that's a good point like, actually right. yeah maybe yeah we could be on like run through like seven you know of them trying to tell people they're aliens yeah. it doesn't work and then they have to like zap everyone yeah so. like alright we're doing something never mind we'll just keep it a secret <laughs> This is why you can't have nice things. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I could. That actually, I can see that. Maybe. Yeah, this is why none of us have Stitch as our pet. Oh, <laughs> Lilo and Stitch. Oh. Lilo and Stitch. Yeah. <laughs> oh, they're so he's so cute though. I know. He's disrupted though. <laughs> yes, he's very disruptive. <laughs> All right, so moving on. Speaking of salient memories, um, we have a question here from Twitter from one of our amazing listeners, whom we love very much. Um, at aluminum iodide asks, is it true that scent is more strongly connected to memory than any other sensory input? So smell is a very emotionally salient uh, sensory modality. Like I talked about before, usually memories that are more emotionally salient, they are more uh, strengthened or um, stored more efficiently. Um, and so the reason why um, olfaction is such a strong indicator of memory. Uh, one of the reasons is that the paths that leads from the processing of olfaction to at its actual uh, encoding into the um, into the brain, it's a, basically a direct, uh, pretty much a direct path between the um, between the olfactory bulb and and some memory related areas for in, and emotionally related areas, including the hippocampus and the and the amygdala, um, because usually other other sensory modalities go through a, this uh, sensory processing region known as the thalamus, 
Um, and so you have to go through that before you can actually uh, you can actually encode properly and store that specific sensory modality. But for olfaction, you don't have to go through that um, detour. You just directly go through that. Um, and so that makes that sensory modality more relevant for memories. And that's, be and that's the reason why sometimes smells can actually trigger the recollection of, of a, a lot of different things like, oh, this, this smell of, of wood reminds me of the, the day I went camping with my family. And like you have this really strong memory that you maybe if you see the same wood walking down the street, you're like, oh, it's just a log, but you don't have yeah. that specific. <laughs> yeah. Or you, you touch it and you don't have that specific like flashback to that part. But like it right. smells a little bit different and, and that's... Um, and that's some of the reasons why. I wonder if some of the aliens in Men in Black would have specific smells associated with them. Oh yeah, I mean, you I know mean, they smell bad. You no, know they do. I, I know that at least the like bug thing from yeah. the first oh. movie. It's probably pretty disgusting. Oh. It's it, like it's like every time one of them got shot, there's like slime everywhere. Yeah, that's probably not. Which very I guess funny. also goes back to what you were saying of like not the greatest effects. Yeah, no, it didn't age well. I realized that when I watched it with some friends, and we were like, oh. Oh, no. <laughs> it's a massive slime budget <laughs> for that. Yeah. We give you $5 million for slime. And that's it. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, we need no other animal yeah. effects. Exactly. <laughs> Just slime exploding everywhere. Yeah, I could see them smelling not so great, though. Yeah, they probably... Yeah, no, I mean, they're not pleasant to look at for the most part. So. <laughs> and this is why we're not allowed to yeah, know there's aliens around. Uh, we're already judging them. <laughs> this is why we can't have nice things. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> That's a good, we've proven our point. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we spent a little time on Yahoo Answers looking up some questions people had on Men in Black and on Memories. So one of the questions we saw was, um, why don't the Men in Black just use a neuralizer on the aliens? Hmm. <laughs> Wait a second. Yeah, so they say, I've never understood that. If they have the device to erase memories, why not use it on the aliens that try to destroy slash control the planet slash universe, or even <laughs> just flash them, and while they're in the hypnotic state, kill them? It's a little dark, but yeah. It is a little dark. You could just tell them to be nice. Yeah, <laughs> like, you have to kill them. Hey, dude. Once again, this is why we can't, like, have nice things. things. Exactly. <laughs> into the topic. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> no, well, so I thought about that when I, like, I read that. And I was like, well, first, because I think that the organization is really sketch and they probably just like to use it on people to be mean on people. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but on the more, like, scientist thing is that, um, so we really don't know how the aliens' nervous systems operate and like you know we are going on the assumption that they have a brain and they have neurons that work exactly like ours and the proteins and genes involved with memory storage in in for us are the same for them but that might not be the case like there um there there can be a completely different way for them to to store their own memories and so the neuralizer is probably just designed for humans and uh, like as we we have uh talked before on, on memories on hum of humans alone or of, of vertebrates alone, it's really hard to know specifically how they are stored and how they work. And like, we don't even, uh, like even know how the neuralizer works on people, it's, it's hard enough. 
So understanding how memory works on every single different species of aliens that come in the planet, like it's going to be just a mess. So I think that it's just probably not very feasible to have it. Maybe their own planet has it for their own species. Ah. <laughs> like that could be a thing, but like, you know, I think that's why they don't do it. It just doesn't sound very efficient. Yeah, so. you bring up a good point. Are there humans living on other planets and then those planets have men in black? Ooh. Whoa. Whoa. But aliens, like aliens in black. In black. <laughs> aliens in black. Yeah. <laughs> you want to see a bunch of And pods. the humans, yeah, have to we dress like, like aliens like oh. this. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds like a sequel. It does. Did you say there are already four? How many I don't know there? how many there are. At least three. There can always be another, though. Oh, yeah. You can reboot it. <laughs> yeah. Reboot every- Everything's yeah. getting... Re- yeah, that's a good point. You yeah. can have, like, Pugs in Black and it's just, like, <gasps> a bunch of Franks <gasps> with, like, glasses. Yeah. Oh, my God. I would watch that. I would watch <laughs> Definitely watch that. <laughs> that would be great. This All right, so another Yahoo question was wondering, would it be possible to create a real-life neuralizer like the one in Men in Black? What would be the physics and engineering behind it? And then he goes on to say about <laughs> he's trying to figure out a way to create a device that shows different wavelengths of visible light, different frequencies of sound. He wants to have both of them, so I guess you know do normal things with <laughs> like totally i feel like sketchy. this is a lot of power yeah right. yes. some random guy on yahoo answers doesn't need to have but he yeah. wants to know if he can make one in his garage basically what's what it sounds like <laughs> yeah i mean first it's like i don't know what he means by like different wavelengths of visible light like there's like you know that's just like uh, set up with. but like uh, I feel like he's trying to show off and be like maybe red or maybe blue like, <laughs> yeah I guess I mean <laughs> trying to sound smarter than <laughs> yeah so yeah well I think that the answer is obviously no I mean I'm not a physicist or an engineering person so I mean you know you are more of the engineering person Heidi no so I'm not <laughs> edit that out Heidi like, have you made one of these <laughs> edit that out I'm not no. <laughs> Um, but I, I, even if I like, even if we had, I, if I knew it, I would say that it wouldn't be possible. First of all, because again, we don't know how memories work in humans, mm-hmm. and it's it's too complex. And there are so many different types of memories. Like there's like, as I said, like the clarity memories, implicit memories are different regions, different engrams that are formed for different things. Which is another thing. Like if you want to just erase their memory of seeing an alien, but you don't want to erase their whole day or something like that like you have to be pretty specific yeah uh, yeah and that's actually yeah so you have to be pretty specific and kind of know what what kind of thing to do and then another thing obviously is that how are you going to make light uh, actually stimulate uh, those those engrams and weaken them or, or even like we, we don't even know exactly uh, the specifics of, of memory retrieval at a, at a, at a cellular level yet. Hmm. Um, and so, um, not not at a level that we can just shine a light and make the changes, the molecular level changes necessary for that memory to be lost or modified. Mm-hmm. And another thing, obviously, is that our neurons are not sensitive to light. And again, mm-hmm. if we want that to happen in in other model organisms, we have to actually be more um, in- invasive on on how we manipulate the neurons. Uh, but here they're just planning on shining it in front of their eyes and suddenly they forget a really specific thing on a very specific day. Right. Um, which how would they know which specific engram and which specific set of neurons is getting active right. at the specific time? So I think the answer to that, this Yahoo answers 
person is no uh, because there's damn it. Just, sorry guy in your garage <laughs> sorry guys that were in your garage just trying yeah. to figure out the physics I mean, yeah. uh, good luck with that you can maybe first discover how memories are actually work <laughs> at a near like a molecular yeah. level and then you know tell us <laughs> yeah yeah so let's just say this random guy in the garage was able to build a neuralizer, or maybe that men in black exist and that they have them. If there was some sort of way to erase these memories, like in the movie, wouldn't there be like some sort of side effects? Or what do you think would happen to the people after they got zapped? I think there would be side effects because for one, you are going to be artificially manipulating either the, the activity of specific neuronal, uh, neuronal ensembles uh, and uh, the memory engrams, uh, which can't be good for those specific things. So you're, you're also potentially going to be manipulating the, um, the specific proteins that help to strengthen or weaken a specific memory. Um, and the, obviously the artificial manipulation of that can, uh, especially if it's repeated, it could, uh, it could act kind of like, like when you have an artificial drug that like, uh, affects the... Um, that, that affects how your brain naturally processes things, so mm -hmm. that, that mm -hmm. can potentially be a, a thing. And I also um, think that, so obviously, a, a, when we talk about a, a memory engram, which is just like a group of neurons, those group of neurons don't exist in isolation. Like They're probably interconnected with a wide variety of other networks. And then engrams are also thought uh, to not be just in one specific part of the brain. They're interconnected into different regions. Like the, you have the hippocampus, but maybe you also have the amygdala because you have it's a particularly emotional memory and it's connected to the to the uh, just to the, to the cortex of the brain when you're re, um, retrieving it. Um, or in which, so basically, you are uh, artificially manipulating all of these all of these neural networks that are connected with other networks in other places, um, and that's just basically probably going to uh, cause other other things that you are not expecting to happen. Maybe maybe the manipulation of those activity in those neurons also increases or decreases the activity of other neurons nearby um, that causes other things to happen, maybe forget other things. Um, and if it's if it's in a repeating repeated amount of time, it can be you can yeah, it can cause for forgetfulness of other like of other things that you're not right. intending to happen. Or if you're affecting the hippocampus, you don't know how you're like specific which which sets of neurons you are uh, affecting. And if you ha lead to like an overactivation of specific neurons, you can cause seizures or some some something similar to that as well. Yeah. So Sounds like it could potentially be very dangerous. So Men in Black is definitely not an ethical right. <laughs> it, it is not. committee of, of people. <laughs> Yeah, I thought it was pretty sketch, a pretty sketch organization. Like, you're going to delete your, your entire life. Yeah. Because why not? That's but a like, lot of power to have one of those tools. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. So I guess our last question is just a what do you think question. <laughs> um, so maybe... MIB exists, maybe they don't. We don't have any way of knowing for sure. <laughs> Although neuroscience tells us neuralizers are not a thing. But what do you think about aliens? Do they exist? Oh. Aliens. Aliens. <laughs> aliens. <laughs> uh, 
Um, I mean, I, I've seen I've, I've seen a bunch of people that I'm like, mm, I feel like this person could be an alien. Uh. I don't know. Like, we have seen the movie The Room. You know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure Tommy was He's got to be an alien. God, <laughs> literally the only Where'd possibility. Where'd he get all that money? <laughs> right? Like, I feel Very like, wealthy alien. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Brought his alien gold. <laughs> like, he even talks with a pug in a part of the movie. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that he's talking to his fellow alien. Like, yeah. I concluded that the other day. Um, but uh, but now realistically, I, I do think like I think that that if they, if they exist like across in the universe, yes, like it's so vast. Like there has to be there have to be other planets that also have life and that also have some sort of intelligent life as well. What I don't think is that they have come to visit us because I honestly think that Earth is not that interesting and or yeah. important to the rest of the universe so like even though i do think that they <laughs> they do exist because the universe is too big for them not to exist somewhere i don't think they've been like oh they're among us and all of those uh, like we're like a flyover universe. planet to them they're like <laughs> yeah i mean yeah. it's just like a speck of a thing like you know yeah. i mean if they have such advanced technology that they can fly through the galaxies like why would they stop by us I know, yeah. like, oh, look, this random blue thing yeah. over there. Like, <laughs> Not I interested. Make a stop. Yeah. Or maybe keep going, see if there's something nicer down yeah. the road. <laughs> Are we the truck stop? The yeah, planet? they're like, oh, come on, can't you wait like maybe 10 yeah. more minutes <laughs> till we get to the next inhabited planet? Right. <laughs> okay, what do you think, Heidi? No, I agree with Ari 100%. Like, it, it just seems unlikely that life hasn't occurred on another planet or another solar system. I I also agree with Ari that, I mean, why would they want to come visit us? Although, maybe a counter-argument would be, I mean, we study, you know, sea elegans, which are tiny worms. Could yeah. you argue that they're not that interesting? I don't know. Maybe we can provide some sort of information the aliens want to study, like how <laughs> the old civilizations used to be. Or Right, that's like, true. <laughs> Over like a living history Maybe. <laughs> study for them. Maybe. I like that. <laughs> what about you, Anne? Yeah, I, I agree too, but um I think it was I saw like Neil deGrasse Tyson talking on this and Oh, he never says anything great. Yeah, I'm I mean he's like just so dumb. <laughs> he's, but, I mean, he's not on our podcast, so we yeah, can't know very much. That's true. Maybe we should invite him on and see what he thinks. <laughs> but oh he brought up a point that I I never considered and I now like really agree with. Just I'd never thought of it myself. But it was basically that like he thought, yes, aliens probably exist. The universe is too big for them not to. But if you think about um, like how similar they would be to us, it would mm. be just like unfathomably different. Yeah. So like um, I think it was something like humans share like almost like 99% of their DNA with like apes. Mm -hmm. And you think how different a human oh, yeah. and an ape is. Yeah. Imagine if we had 100% different. Yeah. Like it's just, it's like saying trying to understand like a banana or something yeah. <laughs> like it's yeah, just it's true. it would be so different that even yeah. if they did exist would we be able to like comprehend or right. like interact in any way at all mm -hmm. and that would be he thinks unlikely just because it's so different yeah that reminds me of a star trek we're getting off track but it reminds me of a star <laughs> trek episode where they in the, yeah the next generation where they kind of address that where they find what they eventually define as a life form, but it's made out of inorganic components. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so I forget what it's supposed to be made out of, but they're like, yeah, there, there's no way this is alive, and then suddenly it starts reproducing. They're like, wait, like, can you define life by reproducing? And 
and then it turns into like, well, it's trying to communicate with us. Is that how you define life? And I was like, what? It was basically yeah. like this blue cube. You're like, oh, what? I think I saw that one. Next generation's best generation. Oh my gosh. <laughs> but yeah, exactly. That was the point of like, it's like it wouldn't like it doesn't need to be carbon based. Yeah. It doesn't need to follow the same rules that we've right. set for our planet. Yeah. So life would be a very like hard to define thing, and it would be even harder to like to get an interaction I guess it, it always bothers me how much in movies when they show aliens they show them with like two eyes and yeah. nose and a mouth in the, in the yeah. same like order and as all of a sudden it's like, yeah. like yeah. really guys yeah because we're also like really inefficient creatures if you think about it humans. right like being mm. bipedals well it depends on what you define as efficiency but like four-legged animals are just faster yeah like the way you're now I'm not even talking about neuroscience. The way your respiratory system is just different too. Like it's respiratory system so inefficient in humans and the way yeah. we're set up. Yeah, we could be designed better. Right. Yeah. Designed or differently person. and like still accomplish the same things. Yeah. So yeah, I guess it wouldn't necessarily be like the happy alien or the scary bug that's in like MIB or something. Yeah, like they like, all look like even when it's a bug, it looks yeah. like a bug. Yeah. You know? yeah. It has eyes and a mouth and it yeah, talks. Yeah. It's like, mm, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. So if there are any aliens listening out there, hit you. us up. <laughs> <laughs> well thank you for joining us, Ari, and for sharing your knowledge. We really appreciate it. Well, thank you for inviting me guys. Of course. Um, are th- do you have any social media or Twitter or anything uh, so listeners can find you? I do have a, a podcast of my own with some other friends. It's a uh, it's a role-playing podcast, like a numerator-based campaign known as Quest Friends. So if people want to check us out, it's just like at Quest Friends. We have a Twitter, we have a Facebook page. So I'm going to just, yeah, put it there. <laughs> If you'd like to learn more about our guest's research or the topics that were covered in today's episode, check out our website at cinemasciencepodcast.com. You can find us collectively on Twitter at CinemaSciCast, and you can find Heidi at PandaBumHa. Anne doesn't have a Twitter, but her dog Hubble sure does. You can find him at Hubble Gibson. Our intro and outro music was composed by Kagan Breitenbach. You can find more information about him at our website, but also check out his personal website at kaganbreitenbach.com. The first season of Cinema Science was graciously funded by the University of Utah's Neuroscience Initiative. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode. Bye!